can you bring him some green M&Ms, please? <laughs> yeah, just make an excuse. <laughs> Llama. Could be. And they spit, right? I think llama spit. spit too. I had a llama spit in my face in Vegas. What's the difference between a llama and an alpaca? I have no idea, but I always use them interchangeably. And my daughter, who apparently knows all the differences, got really mad. She's seven. Llamas and alpacas are not the same, mom. And you're an idiot. You're an idiot. <laughs> she didn't call what? me an idiot. Yeah, my daughter does. My daughter. <laughs> I told her. I told her. Uh, she told me to wear different pants when I was walking out the door today. I was like, babe, I'm just feeling gray pants. She's like, eh. Like, <laughs> what? She didn't like your pants? She didn't like my pants. Did she's she think 12. they washed you out somehow? I don't know. Oh, she just She just told me I look like a dweeb. So I was uh, like, whatever. You're like, but my vest. But there's the vest. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Don't, don't judge me, daughter. All right. Let's do this thing. Ready? I'm Romney Navarro, and this is Firestarters, a streamlined funding podcast where entrepreneurs share their stories, passions, and the formulas fueling their success. Each week, we talk to extraordinary people about what they do, why they do it, how they make a difference, and how they inspire the people around them. Now, it's time to bring the heat. So there's a lot of people doing a lot of special things around the city of Austin and the state of Texas when it comes to affordability, specifically affordability in housing. And no one person is doing it better than Ashley Phillips. Stay tuned and listen to what they're doing to bring kind of a triple bottom line perspective to things to help people create affordability all over the city of Austin. Successful investors use leverage to get the most from their investments. Streamline Funding provides project financing for home builders and entrepreneurs all across the state of Texas. Visit StreamlineFunding.com or give us a call at 512-250-8575 and speak with a Streamline representative today. We have infinite funding, resources, and expertise to help you grow your business. Welcome back to Firestarters. Who are we talking to today? Well, I guess I already announced that. If you don't know it because you're just here, but we already announced that. We're talking to Ashley Phillips. Hey. Miss one-of-a-kind Impact Hub herself. Um, I've been I've been trying to get you on this show for a long time, and it's funny. Before I introduce you and let you do all the talking you want to do, you told me, I used to I used to judge those people back in the day that were so busy that they needed to take a meeting three, four weeks out. We planned this about three months ago, just to give you some perspective. So it's Ashley, true. Thank you for gracing us with your presence. Gracing yeah. You. <laughs> well, can well, let me be clear, mm-hmm. Romney Navarro, that you don't get off the hook that quickly. We did have something set one time, and you had to reschedule the day before. Did I get sick? I don't remember what happened. Carla reached out, and I was like, "Yeah, we can reschedule." And then she's like, "When?" 
when, when? And I was like, I'm sorry. And then the holidays came and now we're here. February 1st. So I think we've been trying to do this for about four and a half months. Dang. But I think we both hold responsibility for the busyness. Okay, I'm just gonna, I take it. I'm just going to give you half of that back. You <laughs> called me out on that when I didn't realize that was a thing. Yeah, exactly. So this is, this is going to be fun. We obviously have a little bit of a lighter show. You joined us on the Noble Capital Radio Hour when we were doing that thing. Yes. And that was fun. You came in, brought a ton of energy to a otherwise pretty... Pretty dull show. Pretty dull show. Just call me Bring the Energy. Yeah. Hashtag. BTE. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what you are. BTE noted. Anyway, you brought the energy. I hope you bring the same thing today. You know, <laughs> I'll try. A couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago, we had, or you guys had an event at your South Austin location. Yes. And you invited us to, um, you invited me to say something up on stage because we we're one of the sponsors. That's right. And I said the story about this deal that we closed, and it was really a cool deal because it, it overlaps a lot with your mission of, you know, our mission, I guess, mm-hmm. ultimately, yeah. of bringing some affordable housing to Texas or to Austin. And we did a deal just recently, right the day before we got to your uh, event, um, and it brought 55 new units to the city of Austin. That's amazing. So it was really cool. Uh, I'm going to make the story real quick. But yeah, it is kind, I love it. I want to hear it. Yeah. This is funny. And I, I, I hope there's not too many people listening because this, this could be weird, too. <laughs> Um, I shared it with these guys this morning. I love weird. As it turns out, I uh, I got a phone call from I had some a walk in show up to the office and he was frantic. He's like, I need to speak to somebody and I need to speak to somebody now. This like, office into this office. Like, this is our inspector, the guys that, the guy that goes checks you know on construction. Oh, progress. got it. Okay. And he says, I just went to this project X. Yeah, X. And project X, there's police line everywhere around Project X. Like, do not cross. Like, tape? do not cross. There are cops on this property. And we're and I'm like, holy cow! We just funded a seven million dollar deal on this thing. You're What's like, going just on? Keep, keep it calm. Yeah, keep it calm. Well, this guy didn't. This guy totally spazzed. <laughs> he is a level ten spaz. And he came in and he says, "There's police line everywhere." I asked what was going on, and they said they're finding bodies on the property. This is a property what? that we just closed to bring 55 affordable units. They're going to be real affordable now. They're 55 affordable units in Austin. They're finding bodies on the property. So. I'm hearing this for the first time. I'm totally just rocked. Just straight up rocked. Like, (gasps) the investment. Yeah, totally. Wait, is that the end of the story? No. It feels like a cliffhanger. Okay, there's more. Oh, there's always more. Yeah, I mean, I won't won't do it. You're not going to get, okay. Because I wanted the hook to be like they were um, old cat bodies. No, that's not the hook. Okay. So I'm listening to this story and I'm freaking out because we've got a huge investment in this thing. And then we're like, listen, we've got to call our borrower. The developer has to know something. So, hey, Mr. Developer, what's going on? (laughs) He goes, hey, what's going on? I'm in Austin. Romney, I was like, yeah, clearly you're in Austin. There's all kinds of bodies being discovered on your site. (laughs) He's like, what? I was like, yeah, all kinds of bodies. And then we get a little deeper into it. He's like, oh, yeah, no, here's the thing. About 11 years ago, there was a murder in the city of Austin, and there was a tip that there was a body buried at this three, four acre site. So this has been a cold case. They've never been able to find it. Our client went and raised the, the land. He basically scraped the earth. And now the detectives have a little bit more clear, you know, clearance, a little bit more breathing room and to so go out there and send cadaver dogs. There were cadaver dogs at the site. Nothing was found. Oh my God. But it's funny, the telephone game. So our guy goes up there, speaks to whomever's like kind of observing the site. Like, the hey, what's going on here? Game. He's like, oh yeah, they're finding bodies. And then it comes all the way to you. You're like, oh my gosh. Everything's what, is over. Is this like a, a mass murder cover up? And, and they're like, no, this is basically just a cold case from years ago and nothing was found. So it's, yes. it's a lot more pedestrian than we ever think it is. 
always. But it's just kind of how bizarre this world is of just kind of doing real estate deals. Yeah, there's, totally. There's always a story behind the story. Yeah, that's uh, well. Don't worry, there was no bodies, people. Yes. And yeah. as a result, we're we're delivering fifty five affordable units. So hey, and it's and when you correct me if I'm wrong, um, because the units will be at or below the median um, price point mm-hmm. for uh, a, a home, and is that is that right? Yeah, that's the number. And what is the median home between? We've it's been ranging between three seventeen and three thirty seven okay. plus right. or minus. Yeah. yeah. So ours ours was at three forty. Nice, mm-hmm. nice, nice, nice. So we we basically financed the vast majority of the deal, uh-huh. and so we took ninety something percent of the risk. Uh-huh. So this is this deal is a little bigger than my single family one, you know, one off totally, deal. Totally. So we took like ninety percent of the risk on the deal financially, and the investor developer took you know seven percent of the risk, and is of course operating the property. So he got into it probably for a third or a fourth of what he could have done it with the bank. Oh wow! So it worked out real well. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's going to be fun to see that one come up. Again, not hopefully not too many people are uh, listening to this thing because it's kind of weird press, but but fun. But it's funny because things are often not what they seem or what you think. Because one of the things I was what I was thinking when you started that story is there's a lot of notions around when you say affordable housing. What is you know what are all the conceptions yep. that go along there? You know, uh, government subsidized housing, you know, slums yeah. or ghettos and things like that. Um, in lots of ways, the way that Impact Hub has used the word affordable, I like to, I say it's it's capital A affordable, but not only. And when I say capital A affordable, that means it's some kind of subsidization. There's some some kind of subsidy. There's some kind of a you know um, density bonus. There's some kind mm-hmm. of thing that's happened there. But then there's just you know naturally occurring affordability, and that's what we would call lowercase a, just big tent affordable. And so when I think about affordable housing, I think about all types of houses for all types of people. And that's really the thing is we just, we want the supply to meet the diversity of families that are here in Austin. Not trying to make, you know, and to keep the market rich in that way. So, so to, let's let's back up a second. I jumped right into that silly story. Yeah, that's okay. I so, love I love stories. And good because that's all I've got today. That's all you've that's got. All I've got. <laughs> tell them, tell tell the listeners a story about you. No, I mean, what, oh. what is that you're up to? Uh, who, who are you? Who am I? Okay, well, so my name is Ashley Phillips. I'm from Houston, um, but have lived the last 2011 is when I moved here. 2019. Doing quick math in my head. Eight eight years. Eight years here in Austin. Um, but I, I was I was telling Romney, I I'm still a huge Houston like professional sports fan, probably because Austin has none, but also yeah. probably because I mean, Houston's got a great professional sports community. Yeah, and the dream. Yeah, totally. And so grew up in the, you know, the, in the days of Warren Moon and the Oilers and Hakeem Olajuwon and the Rockets and the Bees, you know, um, Bagwell and BGO with the Astros. I actually have like a BGO um, signed program from when I was like eight years old. Awesome. He's probably my first crush um, in the world was Craig Biggio. I think he's my wife's first crush too. I, it happens. He's a very good looking man. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, still is. Like he sits behind home plate with, you know, all his buddies there now that he's retired. And I think he's actually in the, in the baseball hall of fame now. For looks? Uh, I mean, that could get him there too. Okay. But also, um, <laughs> and I and he was with the Astros. Was it the, I think he was only with one other team. 
but mostly most of his he's, years he's a stro for life so yeah i am a huge professional houston sports team fan um so that's something about me yeah. um which which is which is and i have totally like grafted my husband into that as well he's from upstate new york so all he really had was buffalo and he was Ooh. like he and he said you know i'll go ahead and kick that off off the curve and I'll take on this. It's a it's a it's a better burden to bear. There to was be something Houston. special about the Buffalo teams, the upstate New York teams, the Jim <laughs> Kelly years. Yeah, I mean he's actually a big Syracuse fan still. There you go. Oh you know Jim Beheim. That's right. So there's there's something that <laughs> there but like he is full Astros Good. and it's a it's a fun moment in time to be an Astros fan too. No kidding any yeah. any Houston sports even the Rockets I mean come on. Yeah I, I it's easier for me to be an Astros fan because I like all of them I you know the Rockets are good and you know I can our players aren't as uh, <laughs> at least <laughs> Harden's a little bit. <laughs> he's close. I mean he's great. Yeah. You know, you're just like, yeah, you're kind of douchey too, but thanks for being good on our team. <laughs> He's one of the <laughs> exactly, best. Exactly. Right. So, so you're not here to talk about sports. You're no. here to talk about what you're up to. So, yeah. so we met, what, two years ago? Yeah. And it was just kind of somewhat serendipitous. We, mm-hmm. we showed up at this event that our I think Chris Ragland was actually on the panel. Yeah. And our one of our partners put it together at your venue. Yes. And then it was just like one thing led to another, kind of like most things in life yeah. do. And I remember Raglan and I walked into a conference room with you and Gavin. Yes. And we felt like we discovered something just like we were we were on to we were onto something special. And we're like, yeah, there's there's an affordability problem and we could be the we could be part of the solution. Mm-hmm. And we we just walked out of there with the biggest heads like we figured out the affordable housing problem. We obviously <laughs> haven't. But it's funny, you guys were already working on something. There was something already brewing. I don't yeah. know if that was the inception point or if you'd, you'd been already working on something, but you guys are working on fixing affordable housing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, we're working, ultimately working on trying to make sure that Austin stays a place that has a, a diversity of, of um, families and opportunities. And so part of that is making sure that there are neighborhoods that uh, are have diverse housing stock, you know, in lots of ways. We are either single family homes or huge multifamily units. And there's not a lot of opportunities in between, you know, the, the fourplexes, the, you know, the garden homes, the, all this kind of stuff, which give different price points just in a natural market. Um, and so I think from a very kind of trickle down philosophical approach, it's just good business, I think, and good sustainability to have a diversity of housing stock um, for different families. And um, But also a really cool thing is, you know, regardless of what you think about it on a long term basis, home ownership is actually the number one driver of intergenerational wealth in our country. Yep. And so... Um, of course, they can be money pits as well. We all know the stories about that. But above and beyond, it is a great way to create um, wealth for for. And by wealth, I just mean like sustainability for you, your family. Um, and so it's it's a way to to create some security, um, and a way to kind of create some more economic mobility for yourself as well. And we want that for everyone. So um, the opportunity to to give home ownership to a variety of people seems really um, exciting. You know, we were talking about it a little bit before the show. Where do people go and invest and do maybe not invest, but that's the audience. We, we, we talk to real estate investors. Um, as you say that the real estate investors saying, yeah, if I, if I bring affordable housing, I mean, whatever that may mean, garden homes, duplexes, fourplexes, yeah, yeah. single families, it's like my margins are now razor thin. So you guys introduced us to the triple bottom line. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was as a result of the affordable housing accelerator. I realize that's not everything you're doing. That's just one piece of the puzzle. Right. But maybe you could talk to them about the programs that you guys have, go- have going here in the city. 
Yeah. And kind of how they're working out. What's next? Yeah, yeah. sure. So the Affordable Housing Accelerator the, launched in, in fall of 2017, and it was um, a, th- a three-month intensive program built to bring to market a cohort of like innovative solutions around affordability in Austin. So it and we didn't have necessarily a sense of what all those solutions would be like. They were going to be sourced from the community. Um, and so in that first kind of cohort of ideas, there was there was um, things all the way from a, a group that was collecting uh, really important data on all of the units in different areas of the city to create to better inform policy around how we, you know, do our our land code and how we create different things. So there's there's that piece of it all the way to a what is called a social impact investment fund. So a really amazing public and private uh, partnership that creates a vehicle for investors to um, put their money into what's called the Austin Housing Conservancy, um, and they are basically creating. They are sustainable sustaining what we call workforce development, uh, workforce housing. Um, so it, be- it becomes affordable over the long haul. And that investment gets a return that's very competitive for its asset class for the investor themselves. So two things happen. Um, an investor decides to invest in the um, Affordable Central Texas Housing Conservancy Fund. They get um, a competitive return on their investment. And they also are sustaining and securing workforce housing in the city of Austin. And when I say workforce housing, what I basically mean are families that uh, make anywhere from 60 to 120% of the median family income in Austin. So median family income in Austin is about $80,000. So these are family of four making 60 to 120% of that. And if you can believe it, it's there are zero homes well, now, mm-hmm. now a couple, but thanks to you guys, um, being built at the median family um, housing point, which is about three hundred and three hundred and forty thousand dollars or whatever. So yeah, yeah, that's that's crazy the the numbers. But you know what I saw was with the cohorts and the mm-hmm. funds and kind of the think tanks and, and everything that kind of was created. There was the the energy that kind of just came with it. it yeah, feels like you guys started a little bit of a snowball. Yeah, and it so you know day one. You know, again, since we thought of the idea, there was totally. four of us in a conference room, at least in our from you know our eyes. Day two, there's 16 people there. Day three, there's 100 people there. Next thing you know, it's like everybody's jumping on this. That's right. And you guys created something pretty special. I would, I've always been curious about this because I've you know we stay on the front end, we stay pretty engaged on the totally. front end, but the back end is not really where we're at. We're you know we're operating a business. What what was the biggest takeaway from that? I mean, I know the movement is still kind of midstream, but just that that first year kind of shot what was the biggest thing that came out of that so biggest thing and kind of like a solutions yeah um well I, or discovery I, I discovery mean, something happened yeah so so that affordable central texas which was um a nonprofit that was what that launched that fund right now they launched the fund at the end of 2017 and right now have acquired three multifamily units that were naturally mm. occurring um 794 units that serve 1,600 families in Austin that will now have rents that will um, forever be affordable to them in that 60 to 120% MFI. Because what they do is they they ultimately are able to bend the cost curve and rent will only increase to the growth of the wages in Central Texas as well. So it's just making sure that um, rent will increase at the rate our wages increase. That's David's uh, group? Yeah, David Steinwoodell. Exactly. Wow. And so they... 
they've acquired three units, three multifamily units, and now um, for, in perpetuity, you know, these are our creatives, these are our teachers, these are our firefighters, these are our police um, officers that are able to uh, have some security and knowing that they have a place to live. And these are all rentals because also what gets lost in this conversation around affordable housing, housing is not just ownership. Um, the majority of Austinites rent. Did you know that? I did. I, uh, you told me that. I, I told you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, be, it becomes one of those things that I've told everybody now. Now they all know. It's um, a thing. It's a thing. But even when you're renting something, I mean, it's still your home. And mm-hmm. so uh, it's a great, for a pipeline, you know, David ends up talking to lots of these other people in different cohorts saying, hey, how can we create a pipeline of our families, you know, to you in order to give, you know, different financial vehicles for them to afford home ownership and continue to create wealth for these families and create agency and belonging so that they have more power over their lives and their families and et cetera, et cetera. So listen, if people are listening, so whoever's yeah. listening, Ashley's trying to fix the affordable uh, housing problem in Austin, trying to keep it affordable to those people that basically live and work here. It's yeah. not just those people that are moving into here with, with gigantic salaries. As a result, we connected because we're in the real estate space and we we didn't, at first we were trying to figure out the connection, but you you turned me on to the concept of a triple bottom line. Yeah. I used that term a minute ago, but we pr- should probably we, Yeah, we slipped that over it. That's bit. true. So you, you introduced me to it and it was like, I could get behind that. In fact, let's do it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So triple bottom line me real quick. What's that mean? Okay, well, I'll say, and then you tell me if this is how you understood it. So triple bottom line in my world is three things. It's financial, it's social, it's, it's, um, it's environmental. So basically in any kind of decision or deal or business you run, um, there are potentially three outputs. There's your financial output, right? There's your social output, and there's the environmental output. So you think about people, profit, and planet. And that's the triple bottom line. What is the effect of your business on those three things in the world? Um, and if you're thinking about those things as they are in relationship to one another, the idea is that you're going to be able to uh, continually satisfy them in a way that they're not harming one another. So, so if we're too focused on one bottom line, you know, say financial, nobody in the world is too focused on that bottom line. Yeah, wink, no, wink. That's, that's um, but the you know theory is that these other things get out of whack, and then we have to start putting financial things over to save these kind of social or environmental things that have not been taken care of through other ways. And mm-hmm. so the idea is like, why can't we think about all three of these bottom lines in a more kind of holistic way? And that's easier said than done, but it's. It's also not really a new trend before like the wide onset of globalization. Like everybody was thinking about those three things and their small businesses and their communities and different ways like that. You thought about your employees. Um, how am I um, increasing the economic activity in my community? Yeah, we started All single bottom line though is is probably why we, you know, it kind of caught my attention. That's right. Right, right, right. Term, but it's, it's one of those things where... What do we pay attention to? Or what maybe what to? did we pay attention yeah, to? That's right. Bottom line. Bottom line. That's all it is. Well, and it's important because in lots of times, small I mean, businesses, like if you're if you're not paying attention to your financial bottom line, you don't have a business. And so yeah. that's important. And of we course. get that. Um, you know, Impact Hub Austin is also a small business support and incubator. So one of the things we realize is lots of people in our walls, they're innovators, they're creatives, they're small business owners, they're freelancers. Um, They are thinking about how do I make it to the next quarter? How do I make it to the next year? How do I continue to live and work and thrive? Um, So affordability is not just about making the product less expensive for you to afford. It's also about increasing someone's economic, you know, like, you know, prowess so that they can continue to 
be Grow. where they are. Sure. So it's two sides of one coin, workforce, yep. um, economic opportunity, and kind of affordability. So yeah. we've, we've got about five minutes. Cool. So I want to start landing it a little bit. We talked about Impact Hub ever so slightly. We just kind of covered, touched a couple of bases. Yeah. But maybe give a quick boilerplate on Impact Hub and what's going on there. You just talked about the incubator, excuse me. The, yeah, the incubator yeah. side. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about it. Yeah, so, um, so Impact Hub is actually a part of an international co-working association, the largest international co-working association. It's over 100. There's over 100 Impact Hubs in the world. Um, we own and operate the, the license here in Austin. So we have two, two units, two locations, one on South first and one on North Lamar. We're, um, we are opening our third. This is me knocking on wood. Um, the end of summer this year, <laughs> which will be south, which St. Elmo. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. So That's it's, right. Yeah. In the yard. So it'll be in a co- cool like development. Yeah. Um, like you want to be there. You want to be there. Yeah. And so basically... Um, Impact Hub is functionally a co-working space, but also uh, runs programming for kind of startup and entrepreneurial small business support and things like that. And because we are focused on doing good and doing well in business, we are also interested in how our community enhances the uh, or how our business enhances the community around us. So yeah, I love it. I've always been a fan, and everything you've got going on there is is super cool. In fact. I'm, I'm curious about this. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but obviously since we've connected, yeah. you realize that we live and breathe the world of real estate investing. Totally. And, you know, there, there's so many things that we've already got kind of that overlap, but how does a real estate investor maybe kind of play, fold into Impact Hub? I mean, is there is there a place for an incubator there? Do you think, I guess, all accepted? All accepted. Huh. Well, in lots of ways, you know, these uh, we're, we're continuing to run cohorts um, um, for our accelerators. We're continuing to focus on affordability and we focus on workforce development too. Like how are we creating, you know, capacity for people to earn more money and, and how are we also um, ensuring that Austin or helping to ensure that Austin has all types of housing for all types of people. So both of those things are strategic focus areas that we do. And we need subject matter experts. We need people tied to the larger industry. Real estate investors are a huge part of that. And we would love to, I mean, we're about like kind of like big tent philosophy, uh, expand, expanding the conversation and expanding the table. I got to tell you too, the real estate investors in general are, their focus isn't the triple bottom line. It is really much just a single bottom line. Yeah. So it's kind of like bringing that in kind of letting them be a part of that change might really be a nice change because in in general they they're responsible for a lot of these pricing increases they're yeah. responsible for a lot of these you know out of whack marketplaces yeah there's there's a lot of there's a lot to say around that and mm-hmm. and depending on how you slice the pie um, you know, one of the things I understand for you guys as a whole, you're, you're trying to create, you know, security for families, you know, retirement, yeah. um, um, you know, all, all these different kinds of stuff because we care about, we care about our families, we care about our communities. And ultimately that is what, what I, Ashley Phillips and Impact Hub does as well. We're just trying to say, we're trying to say our family and our community is, is, is not just a singular um, and, and, and around these like tiny walls, it's, it's our community at large and you don't have to sacrifice, you don't have to sacrifice money, um, mm-hmm. to, in order to be inclusive. And so I'm trying to basically just trying to make the conversation a little bit more expansive and less like black and white and exclusionary. Sure. And, yeah. and it's necessary. Yeah. And we specifically in Austin, Yeah. you told me, or somebody told me it was an economist that I was talking to and he said, we're Texas's San Francisco. Yeah. So game over. So so now it's like we need to. That's a that's a big hill to climb. That's a big hill to climb. So, wrapping up with this question. Yeah. Um, 
I appreciate you being here, by the way. This Absolutely. is super cool. It's fun. Four months wait is well worth it. <laughs> yes. Or two months, I guess, because half of it was mine. Um, <laughs> two month wait was well worth it. But let's talk about just, do you know any pockets in the city that maybe people should be looking at in terms of the audience that's listening to this, that's trying to go and invest and make some money and do the right thing? Yeah. So you guys have... Uh, possibly heard about the onset of opportunity zones, which is a new uh, part of the, the the kind of the tax code rewrite that came at the end of 2017. Um, Austin and San Antonio, um, all of the, these opportunity zones um, have been cemented and, and stamped. They were picked by Governor Abbott. You can actually probably Google opportunity zones and you can see which ones are here in Austin. There's about 10 of them. Um, they're census tract areas and, and low income neighborhoods and opportunity zones are basically look to attract private investment to increase economic activity. Um, And there's a new launched fund here in Central Texas called Blueprint Texas that is going to help to disperse this capital um, into these opportunity zones. So it's a really great opportunity to um, invest and to increase the economic viability of our city. Sounds like you know a lot about it. Yeah, I know some basic things. It is is, Everybody's trying to get their mind around it, but as it gets closer to being a thing, um, all of the details are coming out around it. But uh, but Google it, um, Blueprint Texas and Opportunity Zones, you can read a lot about it. I was joking, of course, because a lot of people are still trying to wrap their heads around it. I'm I'm certainly excited. The opportunity is great. No pun, <laughs> um, but but I don't know enough about it. So this is great. Maybe the follow up to this to this podcast will be the opportunity yeah. zone. But once we've learned a little, a little more, bit more about it, yep. So let me uh, let me just wrap it then. Sure. Um, again, appreciate you being here. Thank um, you. It's I think fun to be here. Anybody who's listening, who's interested in just trying to combine the worlds of real estate investing and just any type of social good, it's like this is the one stop shop. Consider the things that they're doing at Impact Hub, specifically as it relates to affordability. Yeah, we'd love it. Come on by. Please, guys. I think it'd be so great. It'd be eye-opening because oftentimes, as I mentioned, we're just looking at the at the single bottom line. And, and you know what? More power to you if you just open up your eyes just a little just bit. Just a little bit. So, guys, Ashley is a very special guest. She used a capital A for what? Affordability and a lowercase a for affordability. I say mm-hmm. She is a capital A for awesome. Oh, yes. yes. You really are. Unlike the Fire Festival, this one is oh real, gosh. baby. Fire starter, not Fire Festival. Yeah, That's it's a me. totally different thing. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> thanks again. Cheers. We did not shout out Strangeland, but here it is. Cheers. Ching, thanks, ching. man. Yep. Have a good one. That's it for this week's Firestarter Podcast. Thank you for spending time with us. We'll be back with a new episode soon. Until then, I'm Romney Navarro. Always keep the flame in your heart, and I'll see you at the top.